You're listening to Boston Needs to Know on WBCA 102.9 FM, a show highlighting local Boston news. I'm here to announce this morning that you, the class of 2022, are all, all accepted into Benjamin Franklin Institute of Technology. The words they just heard gave these students at Dearborn STEM Academy something to get excited about. The entire 2022 graduating class has just been informed that every member of the class would be accepted into the Benjamin Franklin Cummings Institute of Technology program beginning in the fall. The class is the inaugural group of graduates who will be accepted annually into what is known as the Dearborn STEM Academy Scholars. The scholars can select one family member over 19 to also attend BFITS college program if they choose. The goal of the program is to provide a supported direct path to college for students who want to learn career-ready technical skills, but may face barriers that prevent them from doing so. Boston Plan for Excellence has provided funding for scholarships to fully fund students pursuing an associate's degree at BFIT or at other schools. To date, there have already been contributions to this fund of nearly $150,000. I'm a senior here at Dearborn STEM Academy, and part of the reason why I choose, chose this school is because I'm very interested in STEM and technology. So hearing that me and my classmates got accepted into BFIT is such a great opportunity because I am struggling with if I want to go into the technology field, technology field, and knowing that I have the option to attend BFIT to further my knowledge is just amazing. And BFIT is an awesome school to go to, so that's just a great opportunity. The college application process is one that can be very traumatizing for a lot of students. You know, the excitement and the thought of potentially not getting into a college, you know, could really uh, turn some students away from applying to school. So this partnership that we have with Dearborn STEM Academy, we want to build the confidence of all the seniors and all the students here at the school to the point where they feel comfortable and confident knowing that they are college material and college ready. Ben Franklin has created programs of study that are mapped back from labor market demand here in the city. So they've thought about where the jobs are and the, the programs that students enter uh, help prepare them for great jobs in the city. So for us here at Dearborn STEM where every student is thinking about what comes next, the possibility to look around and say everyone in my class has been accepted to this school, everybody is on this pathway to a good job in Boston, we're going to help pay for it, that, that's a huge, it sends a huge message. It's particularly important after two plus years of pandemic where students have had to study from home, students have been taking care of family members, doing all kinds of things. To, to be able to say to students, look, we have something to give back to you and, and really be able to say this is something that's going to help you with your future. We expect that uh, students will be excited, that they will feel validated, um, that their confidence will be boosted by the fact that a college has said, we choose you. Uh, you know, whether or not you choose us, you have that option, but we choose you. And so uh, we are uh, excited. We, we know uh, Dearborn uh, STEM Academy does an excellent job of preparing students and, and they know us. We have a long-standing relationship with the administrators here and with several students who are already enrolled at the college. So we, uh, I'm hope this is an exciting time for them and we hope that it will uh, really help them feel that they can absolutely take that next step in post-secondary education. On April 9th, concerned parents, educators, and advocates rallied at Boston Common for more funding for early education and childcare. 
The Common Start Coalition's stated goal is to ensure all families have the care solutions they need and that all children in our Commonwealth have the same strong start and enter school on a level playing field. At issue is that access to high-quality early education and childcare remains out of reach for most families, and that childcare workers are not receiving pay commensurate with the responsibility and liability that is part of their job. Without safe access to quality early education and childcare, parents have to give up working or attempt to balance work with caring for their children, which takes its toll on the vulnerable children who miss out on quality learning, structure, and stability in their early learning years. When parents don't have childcare, then those parents have to drop out of the workforce. When they drop out of the workforce, that is, that is making them live in poverty. And so we have this vicious cycle where our economy can't function and our children are not being poured into and our children are not learning. And so we have this cycle where we continue to have gaps, we continue to have inequities, and we continue the cycle of poverty for people. If there was a meaningful investment in early childhood education like is proposed through Common Start, that, remains, that means that more people will stay part of our workforce, particularly women. When women are not part of our labor force, they're not contributing to the tax base. All of this will contribute to our economy and it will literally pay for itself. Childcare will begin to pay for itself if we make these investments now. It is not fair to the careers of so many millions of women who have left the workforce due to the pandemic. And it's not fair to the women who are trying to stay in this field because they believe in the future of our children and the future generations. And they literally can't can't afford to stay in this work. In the first five years of life, that's when children's brains are developing the fastest. And so it's most important to be delivering high quality early education in those years. But right now, we're only paying those early educators reduced wages. Oftentimes, there's not benefits that go along with those wages. And it becomes very difficult to actually recruit and retain educators to stay in the field. So it's so important that we invest in these, uh, in these uh, educators, uh, that they are paid more competitively, um, and that they have the kind of benefits that they need to, to really sustain a career as an educator. And that's what we know is best for children as well. If we don't have the opportunity to be able to engage children at an early age and have all of their skills, their language skills, their um, cognitive skills, their development skills, their, their developmental opportunities diminish significantly. And so we all talk about third grade reading scores and we need to make sure that we get started early with children in order for them to be able to achieve in elementary school. And obviously that carries forward all the way through a child's life into um, the school age years and then also into becoming an adult. So being able to reach children at an early age is really important and that's part of why Common Start has to be able to be passed. On April 12th, the gorillas at Franklin Park Zoo moved into their new outdoor habitat in the Gorilla Grove section of the zoo. Their new $9.1 million home has over 360,000 cubic feet for the gorillas to explore, vines and trees for climbing, a waterfall and built-in foraging opportunities for them to explore in their new domain. The exhibit visitor is an insider in this grove with a 360-degree view. You feel the gorilla's habitat all around you, and you're getting a close-up look at the natural behaviors and social interactions of the gorilla family. The gorilla is one of our closest relatives, and observing them in this intimate habitat, we see how similar we are and how important it is to respect their environment 
and to do everything we can to protect the very existence of this amazing and endangered creature. We're really excited to um, open Gorilla Grove um, and be able to share it not only with our beloved gorillas but also to everybody that comes and visits the zoo. Um, a huge part of what we do is to try to connect people with animals and by bringing them so close um, we hope to foster that. So we designed this exhibit not only to bring the gorillas out but also to bring people in. So when they come and they enter the outpost they will see the gorillas up close, they can see Kiki being a mom, they can see Pablo playing, um, they can see our silverback um, exploring, and we hope that they will um, fall in love with gorillas and, um, and love them and care for them just as much as we do, and, and I hope to protect them and understand the work that we do for conservation and be able to help, help out too. We are so much a part of nature, we are interconnected with nature, you know, in, in this biodiverse planet is uh, it's all one thing in the end and, and completely connected so what well, we want people to understand that and to feel that connection and what's great about gorillas is we're so closely related that you can you can look them in the eye you can see the the, the look on their face that you can see their hands I mean we are so much a part we're all so, so much a part of the same system and uh, protecting the entire ecosystem and all of that biodiversity is the best way for us to ensure our own success and survival. Today they opened their gorilla grove and it's so important that we give wildlife the respect that they need. The gorillas are endangered across the world and right here in Boston we have a grove that respects their sort of need for more space. It's 360,000 cubic feet to ensure that not only people can come uh, and see the gorillas but ensure that they keep them safe uh, and make sure that wildlife is protected because if gorillas go extinct, you know, think about our children and our our children's children who won't see a world with these beautiful, beautiful animals. On April 13th, a block party took place in the heart of downtown Boston to welcome employees, residents, and visitors back to Boston's downtown. While the city of Boston is still recovering from the COVID-19 pandemic, the idea was to encourage everyone to rediscover and support the merchants, businesses, and arts and culture of Boston's downtown. Extending from South Station all the way to Downtown Crossing, there was music and dancing, street art installations, a pop-up beer garden, and throngs of people that seemed glad to be once again strolling through these downtown streets. Wu said that an integral part of the city's long-term recovery plan is bringing people back to experience the charm and character of downtown Boston, and in doing so, help small businesses restaurants, and the arts and culture scene in this area flourish once again. We've lost out on the sense of community, of what it means to live in a bustling, vibrant, diverse, and exciting city where you can run into something unexpected out and about, walking around on some of our amazing streets. So much is coming back now as this pandemic has started to wane and we see many companies now offering different work arrangements some people starting to venture back in the office but overall it's been happening in all different spaces and still much in these rectangle rectangular zoom screens and so we wanted to come together and remind everyone just how special it is 
when we can all bump into each other, support our small businesses, and enjoy being together in person across our city. We are going to all coordinate our efforts to offer a big reopening celebration, our Boston Blooms downtown block party, to really showcase just what's special about this part of our city and about what we can see when we all come back together. The pandemic was the toughest thing that I personally and professionally went through. Uh, it was the hardest thing that I'd ever done because uh, we had so many employees that we had to look out for and we thought we were nearly under. Uh, we were able to luckily make it through and with certainly the beginning of spring and thankfully with uh, our, our Mayor Wu's concentration and focus on downtown, uh, this is going to be an incredible season and hopefully a new beginning uh, for us all in downtown Boston. And uh, we look forward to having the full capacity of the foot traffic down here and getting the businesses back into the swing of things. We're here in the heart of Downtown Crossing, the busiest intersection for pedestrians, the busiest subway stations. We want this to come back the way it was to the 2019 levels, and we think it can happen. It will take a little bit longer, but that's the reason that the city has been helping the Downtown Boston Business Improvement District and the Greenway Business Improvement District put together an event like that's going to take place on Wednesday. We're trying to turn all of downtown into a block party um, because we've heard loud and clear from people that they want experiences in the city that make it worth coming into work, that make it worth leaving their spare bedrooms and their Zoom cameras and coming in. They don't want to come in and sit in their offices on Zoom. They want to come in and see things in the city. You go to any city or town in the country and uh, you know you can tell how healthy the economy is by how healthy their downtown is doing. And so today we're here with Mayor Wu to make significant investments both in time, effort, financially uh, to reinvigorate our downtown area, invite not just employees but residents and tourists to the area to support the local businesses, to support the local economy. But we're not stopping there. As critical as downtown is, you know, as was mentioned earlier by the mayor, this is part of a larger effort to invest in all of our neighborhoods because as much as we're investing in our, in our downtown, we want to make sure we're providing the supports and infrastructure necessary to have healthy neighborhoods all across the city.